0: the passage we're going to be in this morning is Acts 17, verses 1 through 15. You all can go ahead and turn there. If you've got your scripture journal, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can turn to your phone, of course. But there's also Bibles beneath the seats, in front of you, beneath you, uh, or behind you. I encourage you to open up God's word this morning. While you're turning there, uh, the scripture journals, I think we still have a few on the book cart in the cafe. That journal has Acts uh, on one page, the scriptures, and then a blank page for you to take notes. And we encourage you to do that. And along our way through this journey, if you have any questions, you can go to newhilloh.com slash ask and submit your questions for a biblical response. So we're picking up here in Acts 17. We've been uh, back in Acts, this makes for the third week. We've taken a little bit of a break in November and December. We've been back for three weeks now, and we saw last week wrapping up uh, chapter 16 of how we are set free. The gospel is setting us free to live freely for Christ Jesus. So Acts is, is the beginning um, of, of the ministry, right, where, where we see uh, Pentecost, we see the apostles go and continue to do what Jesus had done, they're casting out demons, they're, they're proving that the gospel is still very much alive, this Jesus guy wasn't simply a guy, this wasn't simply some, uh, pu- some publicity stunt to gain some attention, to do some good, but it was God in the flesh, paying for and taking the sins of his people on the cross so that those who believe in him would have everlasting life. We see it continues. We see the the church expanding. We see churches being planted. We see uh, many missionary journeys, right, which is what we're going to be seeing here in Acts 17. It's really exciting, right? When when we read um, through the book of Acts, it should just get us very fired up. We should be pumped, right, Sounds like this, this old Baptist pastor, right? Like, if y'all were pumped for the Super Bowl, you should be even more pumped about X. It's true, though, right? It, it is actually true. We should be so excited because souls are being saved by the mission work of God's people. And this is amazing, right? Like, sports are fun, and, and it's exciting. Paul even uses analogies comparing things to sports, right? Finishing the race, right? Finish strong and finish the race. It's fun, but God's word is life-changing. So the main point for us this morning is share the gospel and do not retreat. As we move through Acts 17, just the first 15 verses, share the gospel and do not retreat. We're gonna see uh, very distinctly the the pushback that Paul and the other apostles faced on their missionary journeys, that, that they weren't just disliked, they were beaten Right? We saw that in Acts 16. We saw that that Paul is beaten and thrown into prison. Their heads are sought out. The apostles begin to start dying, right? They become martyrs for the gospel because they were not going to retreat. Why? Because this message, church, is that important. And it should hype us up, it should excite us. And you know what, churches? As we go out, the reality is this you are going to, to become heavy. Um, burdened. You're going to be burdened. You are going to be disliked. You're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted because it is a hard work, but it is a fruitful one. It is a glorious one. Most importantly, church, it is a God-honoring one because it is his command for us to go and to take the good news to all people. Amen. Before we go any further, let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning that we could come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. And I thank you for each and every person here who chose to get up and to worship you. And I pray that this would be a sanctifying time. God, that we would be changed by your word. We'd be molded into the likeness of Christ. God, and we would be encouraged to go out and as we go out and we get tired and we're, we're burdened by souls going to hell, by those who are rejecting not just the gospel, but those who may reject us because we know the gospel, because we love the gospel. Lord, I pray that we would be reminded of the need to gather. I, would be, uh, I pray that, that we would be reminded of the need to do life together, to not just meet here on Sunday mornings, but, Lord, that we would meet in one another's homes. We would break bread we would do life, we would talk about how difficult it is to do this work, that we would pray for the boldness that can only be given by your spirit, that we would pray for the words to say in those moments. God, I pray that in our gathering, we would, we would encourage one another, that this life is difficult, but this mission is fruitful. And I pray that we would be faithful to it. Father God, we come here to gather in your presence and it's by the power of the Spirit, and in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So share the gospel, and do not retreat. Don't retreat. As as difficult as it may get, don't retreat. Now, there's a difference in in ending the conversation and retreating, right? What I mean by that is, is you may need to leave, right? This doesn't mean, like, don't leave, right? Paul leaves, right? Paul continues on, right, but he doesn't back up. He doesn't say, ah, you know what, you guys got swords. Ah, You don't have to believe in Jesus. Don't back down. This truth is worth carrying forth. Say what you need to say and move on, but don't retreat. Don't back down, right? As we look at this main point, I want to look at three points to just drive it home. As we're sharing the gospel, explain, examine, and expand, Explain, examine, and expand. Point number one, explain. This is important. I think, I think a lot of times we, we don't spend enough time explaining what we're talking about, right? Like, like for instance, some of you all have probably been here long enough to know that you, the pastors of this church love to dive in deep. Some of you are like, sometimes it's too deep for me, right? Some of you are like, maybe it's not too deep, but like you think that I know A, B, and C, that way I can understand uh, LMNOP, right? You're like, I just, get me there, but don't assume I'm there, right? That's why I have to tell these guys all the time. Like, if you listen to our podcast, I'm like, Pastor Gary, Pastor Mark, what does that word mean, right? Like, don't don't be afraid to ask those questions. Sometimes we just need to explain. And then Pastor Gary will look at me, he's like, I don't know, let's ask Mark. And then we have to check Mark, because Mark is always like saying some word, and he's like, yeah, you know, like I I learned it uh, today. It was my word of the day, and I'm like, and you're already using it? Right? Like, Starbucks does that stuff, and I, like, can never remember those words of the day. Right? But explain. When it comes to the gospel, it's important that we're investing. We're not just, like, throwing some seed out there that we're taking time to tend to it. Look at Mark 4. He throws the seed, right? And then he tends to it, but he doesn't know how it grows. But he tends to it. He takes care of it. He makes sure the soil's good. He makes sure it's watered, but he doesn't know how it grows because that's God's work. Our work is to plant the seed and tend to it, explain, invest in people's lives, do life with people. We look at this missionary journey, and that's what we see from Paul picking up in Acts 17. It says, now when they had passed through A and A, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. See, Paul spends a good amount of time here with these people, right? Sometimes we we look at missionary journeys, we're like, that's where we'd share the gospel. We go in, we're there for a week, and we're gone. But the truth is, a lot of times we send missionaries who are planting roots, right? They're digging deep. They're moving there, right? We might go on a mission trip. Most mission trips that we think about are to aid the missionaries, right? To help them do what they're already doing. And we, we disassociate ourselves from mission work because mission work now in today's day and age is when you go somewhere you don't live. But God has already placed you somewhere to do mission work here and now. So Paul, when he's spending his time there, look at what it says. It says that he spends much time, three Sabbath days. So there's at least three weeks that go by, and scholars think that he spent even more time there. Three Sabbath days, at least three weeks, but probably longer. Because Philippians 4.16 says this. I think I've, I've got this one up. Do I have this one? I think, yeah, Philippians 4.16. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. So he's talking to the Philippians, right? And he tells them, hey, thank you so much. And chapter four, you see that when you go back and you read that entire chapter, that Paul is thanking them for aiding him on his work, which the Philippians are the ones we see in chapter 16, right? So we're seeing that Paul is, is moving through. He's, he's planting churches. These churches are being established. They're not just... New believers, they're believers who are being changed and are committed to seeing the gospel advance so that they send aid to Paul while he's here in Thessalonica. This is a beautiful picture of the gospel and of planting churches that plant churches because they are helping him on his mission journey. So it was probably longer than three weeks because this is a long distance and to send aid for a couple of times, a few times, it probably would have been more than three weeks weeks. So he's investing his time and his life and all of his energy. And look what he does when he's doing that. He's not just like, believe in Jesus or go to hell, brothers. He's investing in their life and explaining and proving. Verse 3 says that he was explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. This was important because they knew that Christ, the Messiah, was going to come. Jews just didn't believe that it was Jesus. So he's making the connection to Jesus who suffered and died on the cross for the sins of his people so that they would have eternal life. He's now making the connection to that man on the cross, to Christ of the Old Testament who was coming to be their Savior. And he's explaining this. Church, we have to be people, one of our core values here as a church is to personally engage with people, right? And the illustration I always go back to uh, when it comes to this is, is when I worked in a warehouse, right, and, and we'd get like a new supervisor, right? Where we were is you were the lowly warehouse people, you move up to supervisor, and then that's just a stepping stone, right? So supervisors were always changing. We'd get a new supervisor, and they'd come from another department, and they'd be like, hey, you, go, go do that. And I'd be like, what's your name? And they're like, well, I'm your new supervisor. I'm like, what is your name? Bill, okay. All right, Bill. Sorry, Bill. I don't know why Bills sound bossy, but that's just this is how bossy Bill. So, and it, it, it wasn't that I didn't want to do the job. It wasn't that I didn't want to do what I was told. It wasn't that I didn't want to be a subordinate. It's that I just wanted to know who's telling me to do this. And Paul's investing his life into these people and taking the time to explain and to prove Right, and we live in like such a fast, fast-paced world now. Right, like I was watching something um, talked about Coco Melon, that kids show, and how like it, to keep kids' attention span, it's like two-second scenes, and it, it changes. Right, two seconds, new scene, two seconds, new scene, and it's like that is not going to help our attention span. And we're so fast-paced that we just want to throw throw out the gospel and never invest it and sow it into people's lives. When the fact of the matter is, is we've got unbelieving friends that we're spending plenty of time breaking bread with and drinking with, and we never want to talk about the gospel with them. We're already already doing these things. We're already spending time and investing in people's lives and people who aren't believers. So all you have to do is open your mouth about the gospel. All you have to do is start to say, hey, what is it that you dispute about the gospel? What is it? What what is your, your number one obstacle to believing in the gospel? And you may not have an answer for them that moment. But guess what? Because you've invested in their life and you've got this friendship with them, this relationship with them, a strong foundation with them, you're gonna see them again next week. You're gonna see them at the next barbecue, the next wine night. You're gonna see them at something because you've already built and established that relationship with them. But it's time to start investing and sowing the gospel into their lives. And see, this is the key to evangelism, explaining and proving. Uh, Peter talks about this. Be ready to give a defense for your faith, right? To, to give reason for the things that you believe and why you believe it. It's what we call apologetics. If you wanna know how to defend your faith, Pastor Gary's a great one to talk to. He's a great resource. We have to begin doing these things. See, the, the difference we need to, to make in our head and hearts this morning is that this takes time. Right, for some reason, like, we, we don't make that connection. Like, like the gospel is going to take time. Sowing and investing in someone's life is going to take time. We just think it's as simple, like we, I don't, I don't know like the, the view of, of pastors now, I've, I've been in the game a little too long, now I've been a pastor going, feels like a, I think a decade now, yeah, because Aubrey and I are going on 10 years married next year and, and I start to forget but, but pastors, we don't have magical powers, right? We're not like, we don't go to Starbucks and just shoot out the gospel and people believe, right? There's no special thing there. It's the power of the gospel that saves people, not the power of the pastor, not the power of, of the member of the church, not the power of the saints, right? It's the power of the gospel. And guess what? We all have that power, right? We all know the gospel. If you're a believer here this morning, go in to share that. See, too often we think that we have to get it all out in one sitting, right? That when we meet with somebody, we've gotta to explain to them Genesis to Revelation. We gotta explain our view on end times in, in one sitting. And it's just not true, though it could happen. Right? You may have like a long day with somebody, like a, a men's or women's retreat, and you all just share everything, and that's fine. But look, the beautiful thing about the scriptures is Paul's here in Thessalonica, but he writes to those in Thessalonica. It's 1 Thessalonians, First and 2 Thessalonians. Let's uh, go there here real quick. You'll see it on the screen. First Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 8. This is one of my favorite just little sections, uh, verse 8 particularly, but here, let me pick up in verse 1. This is what he writes to them. And, and remember, he was there for at least three weeks. So keep that in mind for what's going on here, probably longer. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated in, at Philippi, which we saw in Acts 16, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness, nor do we seek glory from people whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, my favorite verse, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. See, sometimes we're like, I don't like them, so I'm just gonna share the gospel with them, right? Like, no, when we're doing life together, we're not just sharing the gospel, but we're sharing our entire selves, right? That's Aubrey and I, we have people over, and some of you all are like, you all have people over all the time. Let me tell you, church, it's exhausting. It is. Some of you are like, I don't know how you, you do it. I'll tell you how we do it. We know that the gospel is worth it. We know that life change is worth it. Don't, don't think for a second that there's not exhaustion that comes with it don't think that there isn't burden that comes with it but church it is a good thing to invest your life into people and as you do that you're explaining things you're proving things you're turning to the scriptures right see sometimes it's like you know i get asked a lot like what, what's what's a good book to read you know like how how could i like prove that point like the bible right that's the best place to go that's where we want to prove things and, and some people want to be like well you know like a non-believer is not going to turn to the scriptures we need them to we need them to see how important this word is, for it is life changing. Explain and prove to people the gospel is worth it. The gospel is worth investing your life. The gospel is worth giving more than 10% of your money. It's worth giving 25 to 100% of your time, all of your life being invested. Paul says to, to the Romans in chapter 12, he says, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That means we are willing to be used in every way, shape, and form by God and for God. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. Let's explain. Let's, let's show people as we are going out and sharing the gospel and doing life with people, let's explain to them the truths of the scriptures. They were explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer. Look what happens. Because they did this. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring out the, uh, them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Look, the gospel is turning the world upside down. It's awesome. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as a security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. They're trying to scare them, church. They're trying to get them to stop this message. They're trying to to lie about the gospel, saying that that Jesus is going to take over Caesar's kingdom, but Jesus is the king of all kings. And they were missing that point. Church, share the gospel. Do not retreat. In your gospel proclamation, explain and teach people to examine, point number two. We're sharing the gospel, we're sharing our lives in church. We're not just explaining, but we're teaching people to examine the scriptures. Paul and Silas, they don't retreat. The gospel's been planted in Thessalonica. We, we know later, because of that missionary journey by Paul, that the church was healthy. He, he reaches out to them, he checks in on them, he's encouraged by them. And then he moves on. Paul and Silas go to Berea. Not Berea north of here. Berea over there across the world. And what we see here is this examination of the scriptures. Verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they had arrived, they went to into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Examination of the scriptures is so important. Notice it says that they were more noble, right? They they were an intellectual bunch. They wanted to turn to the word and make sure that these things were so. And this is something that we should all be doing, right? We, We try and remind you all, and This seems like a scary thing, right? But we want to hold even our pastors accountable. This morning, when you leave here, go and read Acts 17, verses 1 through 15, and make sure that what was preached this morning is true of God's word. Because we don't want to sit up here and just make up anything. We don't want to just sit up here and give some TED talk. We want to get up here and proclaim the word of God as authoritative for our life, as sanctifying for all saints. This is what we need to be doing. And the way that we're going to do that, the way that we're going to hold each other accountable to the word is if we examine the word. So it says that they received with all eagerness, right? They were ready to hear this word. And it says that they were examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. See, getting someone to listen is great, but we are to be students of the word, right? Like my teachers in high school, they could get me to listen, like look looked like I was listening, right? This is a confession here, right? I wasn't a great student in high school. I didn't, didn't care. I just wanted to get through and, and, and graduate high school and just did enough, right? But my teacher, I remember one, one teacher looked me dead in the eyes and said, you, you come here, you're here, but you're not retaining much, right? You were to be a student. I was like, I am a student. I'm enrolled here at Huntington High School. And they're like, no, you need to learn what we're saying. Otherwise, it's just pointless, right? Like, what are, what are we doing here if we're not learning? What are we doing here if we're not students, right? I was talking to, to Maley as we're moving through uh, the Gospel of Mark. I say, Maley, what is a disciple? She says, a student. I say, a student of what? She says, God's word. It's what we are to be as Christians. Joshua 1.8, this is something that, that would have resonated with him. This is why it was so important, church, and we should have these same values. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Church, when, when they were meditating on it, they were verbally saying it out loud. This was a custom of, of the Jewish culture, right? that they were saying the word of God out loud. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Church, we need to examine the scriptures. When When we read it, we need to take time, right? Like there's nothing wrong with, and we've talked about this before, there's nothing wrong with the Bible in a year. But are we taking time to sit down and examine and see that Genesis to Revelation is all intertwined? This is God's one and only unfolding redemptive story and it is for us. It's not just some fairy tale book that's cute and we can read it to our kids and it puts them to sleep, right? Some of you all are like yawning now. You're like, yeah, it does put you to sleep, right? It is no. This is something that is good. Something we should examine and love and study. The Bereans, they were an intellectual bunch. And while they were eager to receive, they were careful in their examination. Why? See, some of of us might have thought at first, oh, this is just a a studious bunch, right? I know, I know this type. They're eager to receive, but look, then they, they don't trust you. No, the examination of God's word is important because the book of God's word is important. The Bible is important. What it contains, everything it says, is important. Like terms and conditions. How many of you all, ra- raise your hand if you just click yes on terms and conditions, right? Yep, some of you are not being honest with me. Raise your hand if you just check yes on terms and conditions. Uh, Apple, I know your iPhones, and I don't know what Androids do, because no one knows what they do, but security <laughs> breaks and stuff. Sorry. We just click accept, right? We, just, we don't want to read it because you start scrolling And those are the most obnoxious ones where it says you have to scroll to the bottom before you can accept terms and conditions. I'm like, you know I'm not reading it. Scroll, 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 still same thing. But my wife will catch me when I'm like on my phone and not paying attention. It doesn't matter what's going on. She says, deal. I put my phone down and I say, what am I accepting? What are the terms and conditions you're trying to get me to agree to while I'm not paying attention? Because this is so much more important than what my app store says, because I feel like you're trying to manipulate me, Aubrey, and get me to do something and agree to something, like taking you out to thrift stores or go to another art exhibit this week. What are the terms and conditions? Church, how much more true should that be of God's word? Like, here's the thing: what's funny is we'll run in the believers, the pastors. And we'll talk about the Trinity, and someone will be like, I don't believe in the Trinity. And I'm like, you didn't accept the terms and conditions. You thought you believed in Jesus, but Jesus is a person of the Trinity. And to deny the triune God is to deny God altogether. Jesus says, count the cost. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be the most intellectual, right? It's not, we're not getting back to that. But there are vital things to the Christian faith that are attached to the gospel and cannot be separated. Otherwise, it is a false gospel. So the examination of the scripture, it can be so annoying, church, when you're sharing the gospel and someone's like, I'm really gonna have to study that. And you're like, well, like, what, can I help you? And they're like, no, I just, I wanna think about it. Like, church, that's good. That is actually really good. When people say that, because we should be investing our time and our life It's not a one-hit trick pony, one-hit wonder, whatever. It's not that. Agree to meet with them next week or the next day or in a few days. But examining the scriptures is a good, wholesome, holy thing that we and everyone else should be doing. So as we're sharing the gospel, we should teach people to examine the scriptures. Do, Do you know what you're getting into? And church, here's the beautiful thing. When people examine it and God draws them to himself, Look what happens, it says, many of them, in verse 12, therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. People were being saved all over because of God. But look, but when the Jews from Thessalonica learned the word of God was proclaimed by Paul, at Berea also, they came here too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. They're so mad, they hear that, that Paul has traveled ab- abroad. And he's going, and he's continuing this message, so they hunt him down, and they're trying to stop this. But the church had already been planted. The gospel had already made an impact because Paul and Silas and the other apostles and everybody is just going forward. They're not backing down, and they're sharing the gospel, and life change is happening. Expansion is happening. Final point, expand. When we go and we share the gospel, there's this expansion that just can't be explained, but it sure can be seen. We can look back at at the history of New Hill Church, and we can scratch our heads and just wonder, how do we not have enough parking here? Part of it's not being able to see the lines because of the snow, but the other part is because God is doing something in and through each and every one of you. And that's a good thing. It is gospel expansion. It's not New Hill expansion, right? We could build a building out that way. We could take a building out that way. We can put parking all around, but church, we need to send missionaries out. We need to plant more churches. We need to go north to Brunswick. We need to go south to Seville and Lodi. We need to go to Columbus. We need to go east. We need to go west. We need to continue to plant churches. But the way that that happens is by us here and now expanding the gospel by taking it to those who are already in your life and those who God has already placed in and around your life. It is no surprise that you are where you are. God is not surprised that you're working the job that you work. God is not surprised that you live on the corner of the street that you live on. He has placed you there. But are you taking the gospel? And church, let me be real honest. This is an area of growth for each and every one of us. None of us can walk out and say, I'm doing perfect in this area. But it's time that we start to get to know our neighbors' names and not just the name we call them. It's time that we take this seriously, the mission that God has called us to. And the expansion that comes from it is beautiful. You may lead people to the Lord that never step foot in this door. But if you are leading them well and getting them plugged in, then that is all you are asked to do. Church is not about New Hill. It's about the kingdom of God. You may lead somebody to the Lord and they come in and they're like, I don't like that pastor's holes in his jeans. I don't like that pastor's Adidas. I don't care, right? Go get plugged into a church and make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. It's gospel expansion. That's what we are called to do and that's what happens. Why? Because they didn't back down. They pushed on. Verses 13 through 15. I wanna read 13 again. When the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul on his way. So brothers, that means that there's some establishment of believers already here in Berea. So Paul's not backing down. They've established themselves. There's roots. The gospel's been rooted here in Berea. They sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted um, those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. It's so funny because you read this and you're like, "Man, they like they can't stay there long. They can't stay there long. Why do they keep getting pushed away?" Let me tell you something. It's really great because the enemy sought to put an end to the church, but they failed. Actually, on their quest to stop the church, they only expedited it. The gospel is moving more rapidly. If they would have just let Paul stay in Berea, guess what? He wouldn't move on to Athens so quickly, where he probably was aggravated that he keeps getting pushed around and has this fire lit under him to share the gospel so proudly and so boldly. And the gospel goes to Athens, and it continues to to go on to Corinth, and it goes on to Antioch. Later, he goes back to Antioch, and he goes to Ephesus. You can just read all these headers. The gospel continues to expand. Even what the enemy meant for evil, God used it for good. Church, when people push back, and they will, do not back down. Share the gospel boldly and proudly with grace and with mercy, and let it be seasoned with salt. But don't back down. Do not back down, because God's gonna do what only God can do, he's gonna expand his church. He's gonna add to the body of Christ. We are the messengers. He is the Messiah, amen? Band, if you would, go ahead and come back up here. Church, I, I just wanna sing about how great God is. We've been given this mission. This mission isn't to, to die for one another. It's to give our life for one another, be a living sacrifice. We talked about that at our, our staff meeting. We are called to be a living sacrifice. To present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship, Paul says in Romans 12, verses one and two. Like those two verses have always just just drawn me close. And it reminds me that we are to go and to live for him. Not back down, not give way for the enemy. Go and share the gospel and do not retreat. And in your gospel presentation, explain, examine, and God will expand. Church, I just want to remind you all, 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 8. Go and read that. See, about, see how Paul gives his life to these people. And he, says, he even says there that he didn't come with, with fancy words, right? He didn't do that. He also says that to the church in Corinth. It's not about how our presentation is. It's just about presenting, Right? This isn't about how good we look or how good we sound. This is about the power of the gospel. This is about souls going to heaven and being reunited with God, their Father, their Maker, their Creator, which is the most important thing, or it's about being separated from Him for all of eternity. See, a little pushback, who cares? In the grand scheme of it, your life is set in Christ. So go and share of that good news and do not retreat. Go ahead, church, and stand. We're gonna sing this one last song. And if you're here this morning and you are not a believer, that is the gospel message that you need to hear this morning. And I'm not gonna back down. You can find me after, after service and tell me that you didn't like the gospel presentation, you didn't like that I said you're going to hell without Jesus, but it is what it is because the word of God is important, it is fruitful, it is, it is upholding, it is sanctifying, It is what we need today and forevermore because it shares of this good news that Jesus came to die for his people and those who repent and believe will be saved. That is good news. That is good news I will not back down from. Church, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning that we've had to gather around your word. God, I thank you for the the gospel message that met me where I was. I thank you for your spirit not just now dwelling inside of me, but drawing me, dragging me out of my depraved, wretched state and giving life to me. God, I pray that, that this morning we would be so encouraged, just, just reading your word. God, I pray that you would just remove any faulty words of mine that went out, God. I, I know that you are the almighty and you can fix anything I said that was wrong. God, that your word would be rooted and each and every person here this morning. God, and even before we get to the door, I pray that we would be thinking. I pray that you would lay it on our heart, the people that are in our life right now that need to hear the gospel, those who we're already spending one, two, three days a week with, that we would be intentional to share this message. and God, that we would not retreat. We would not back down. God, I pray that we would be gracious, that we would, we would be merciful in our gospel presentation. But God, that we would be faithful to stand firm. I pray that that we would be given boldness by your spirit. And God, we pray that you would expand your kingdom. God, that you would continue to add to, that you would draw people to yourself and you would save them. And God, we will be there to continue to plant the seed and continue to tend to and make disciples. God, I pray that we would be faithful to that. But we pray that you be you and be faithful to save. God, you are great. Father, we worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing.